You're tuned in to 1680 AM, The Ocho, Monroe County's latest Mark 15 radio station. The Ocho is technology, 24 hours a day, fully automated. The Ocho is music, music that you've never heard that you would like to hear. The Ocho is information, information, news, weather, gas reports. The Ocho is fun. It is fun. Hello! Hello! This is Doss Man. And Zach. And we're the Pack of Sniffers, and you're listening to Hacker Public Radio. So, uh, yeah, um, I guess this is our, our first uh, edition of uh, Hacker Public Radio we're putting on. Um, I think we're going to uh, talk about Part 15 Broadcasting, uh, non-licensed uh, broadcasting, basically, uh, license-free. Yes, uh, stick by the power rules and uh, get all the equipment you need and then pump up the volume. <laughs> yes. So, so okay, so I guess the first thing, the uh, question is, what is Part 15? And if you've ever seen Pump Up the Volume, you, that's not really, has it have anything to do with Part 15? It has nothing to do with it. I just <laughs> wanted to make the reference because it's not as glamorous or as exciting, but it's still just as fun as Christian Slater. <laughs> Happy Harry hard on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so um, yeah, so part fifteen uh, is is the part of the uh, U.S. Uh, federal code uh, that governs uh, radio uh, wave power and emissions and such that allows you to part fifteen is what allows you to use a wireless device without a license, like say a cordless phone or uh, things like that. You know, your little FM transmitter from your iPod to your car stereo, that's part 15. Also governs the RF output on your VCR. Yes, yes. Things of that nature. Anything? Or your DVD player, rather. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jump into the current decade. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so anything that, that has uh, uses electricity creates some, some RF noise, but it has to be contained in a certain way and has to meet certain guidelines. Only certain things are allowed to actually emit... Like emit the RF in a, in a an, enough for other people to pick up, and that's th- there's some special guidelines here for like uh, Part 15 uh, AM broadcasting, which basically lets you get a half mile to a mile away. Basically, um, we, uh, we we've had some experience this summer. Uh, we set up our own station for the, the about I don't know nine months or so. Yeah, it it was definitely a good project to see exactly how far you could get, how how advanced you could get using the bare minimum, basically as much as you could possibly do on the AM frequency without needing a license or any other special permits or FCC tracking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the uh, uh, there, there's also guidelines as to what kind of an antenna you can use there, and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but the... Uh, because you can do a lot with your antenna to make, make your signal get further, but they... they severely limit that to, to make sure that you're not getting, you know, across the county with your Part 15 unlicensed rig, you know. Um. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to be dominating a channel that uh, the FCC could be making tens of thousands of dollars on to another bigger company. <laughs> so uh, I guess the, the first thing we're going to, well, the second thing I guess we'll dive into is, is why would you want to get into this? Um, I don't know, a couple different reasons is like, you know, for, for support of your community, yeah, um, I see. I, I've seen high schools and I've seen churches use these 
local, basically campus-only radio stations that are for the immediate area, or some kind of small, maybe a trailer community. I've seen them used um, to promote like community awareness and current events and things like that. Yeah, and another place that's popular, uh, the road signs that you see on the side of the highway or the interstate that tell you to tune into such and such, you know, five five thirty a.m. for news and traffic updates. Uh, sometimes uh, local uh, lo- lo- municipalities will run those, and that's actually th- that falls under a slightly different section of the rules because they can run a little bit higher power with those, but it's still pretty local. You're only talking, you know, five miles range or something with something like that. So. Um, another another area in which you can use Part 15 broadcasts, especially mainly radio, is like for specific events. Like I've seen uh, special special like races stuff like that. They could be doing commentary or stuff over a low low frequency. Maybe something that's having like a row of speakers, or maybe a band. They could be rebroadcasting out for the parking lot or something over a low low power frequency. Yeah, yeah, and um, so specific events, stuff for your community, you know, traffic updates, and then also the the main reason that most people get into it is just for fun, I think. That's definitely why we got into it, but there's other aspects that play into that. We wanted to, you know, provide some type of community service, you know. And there's not really notoriety or profit unless you're going to be saying things you're not allowed to say and you're going to be blackmailing people over it. Unfortunately, I don't think you can really get away with it that long, and under Part 15 rules, uh, you know, you wouldn't have that large of an audience. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of times, I guess we'll, we'll move into transmitters and stuff. You know, there, there's a couple different transmitters, and uh, your transmitter and your antenna setup governs how much range you have. And they'll advertise you can get two to four miles. Yeah, right. If uh, you've got a lot of uh, antenna experience, you might be able to cram, you know, two miles. And you live on a mountain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the, uh, the, the the transmitter we went with was uh, you get these things as kits. Uh, well, you don't have to. The, the, the one we got comes as a kit. It's AMT 3000 by SS Tran. Hundred bucks. You put it together yourself. You know, two hours, one evening, four hours, depending on your soldering skills. And it was. I found it to be a super easy kit to assemble. The directions are top notch. Um, so if you're kind of not so sure, you can do some kit electronic assembly soldering. But uh, you're not sure if you want to do a, like an actual radio versus you know like a little dice game or something that you've done in the past. This is a very excellent kit to to assemble. Uh, the directions are top notch. I've you know the guy is easy to work with if you have trouble. Uh, the guy that uh, runs the company that that sells these. Um, other transmitters out there. Uh, there's of course the Ramsey kits. Ramsey Electronics sells some AM transmitter kits. I. You, if you have one, you can play with it, but uh, from what everything I've read, the AMT-3000 is a much better kit for the same price. Um, it has a built-in uh, compression, modulation, and gain. Uh, you'll, once you, you, know, you might not know what those things are immediately, but you can play with them, and you'll, you'll under, come to understand why those things are important. The other, the top-of-the-line radio for AM, Part 15 AM broadcasting is called the Range Master. However... Um, uh, I'm not really sure where the the market for this is. They they try to sell it as you know, it's a it's a pre-assembled kit. It's FCC certified and all this stuff. I'm sure it's a wonderful transmitter. But for eight hundred to a thousand dollars for a hundred milliwatt transmitter, I just 
you've got to have a lot of money to be able to throw away at your hobby if, if <laughs> you can afford one of those. Um, the, if you're able to actually turn your, your Part 15 station into a profit, you know, a for-profit company or something, and you're selling advertisements and stuff, yeah, you might be able to justify one of those, but most oh, hobby enthusiasts, you know, don't really have an interest, I think, in something like that. So I, I think we, we would heavily recommend the AMT 3000. Um, so the, uh, the, the next, next uh, the transmitters goes uh, antennas. And if, if you're actually going to try to get some range with your transmitter kit, what you're going to want to do, you set up a mast in your backyard, and you do what's called a whip and mast setup. You're going to build yourself a, uh, a base-loaded coil. It's basically a piece of PVC with wire wrapped around it. There's going to be directions on like uh, a lot of different sites. The site that sells the AMT3000 has some really good directions on how to build the, the uh, base-loaded antenna. Your, your transmitter has to be attached to the base of the antenna. So you've got to actually have your transmitter in a weatherproof enclosure mounted on the pole. Um, and that's because you're limited to a, an antenna length of 3 meters for Part 15 AM broadcasting, and, as well as a 100 milliwatt output into your final stage. Output now, the antenna. thing that's going to be FCC kind of rules, sucky you're stay legal, when you first start, you know, is the antenna would never advertise doing it's anything. It's going to take a little bit of work. You, you it's don't not an exact science. That, you know, uh, the AMT, uh, the SSTRAN website, has so, some pretty we use reasonable directions on how to drill some holes for your wires to come through, seal it up really good, 40 bucks on parts of the hardware can to the PVC, and then you just run your coax and your power line, your power for the and uh, to the, the, I'll the say that it, it, it will take a little location, bit of work if you have so. a friend that's a ham radio operator or someone else that has some experience with antennas and electronics. It'd be very good to help out with if you're good and you don't mind messing around with, uh, you know, uh, electronics at all. And, and there's really not a whole lot of electronics that involve, per se, to, to set up the, the antenna and get it tuned, but it will, it will test your patience. And, you know, just give it some time, uh, come back to it when you're ready to mess with it a second time, you know, whatever. It, I, we, I don't know, I probably spent maybe the course of like two months getting ours uh, tuned where it would actually get, you know, a quarter mile. Um, uh, so, you know, fine. I think we, we got, what, a half mile from the transmitter, so a, a mile yeah. distance coverage? About a half. Yeah, so, well, a half mile for in each oh. direction, so yeah. a mile total, maybe. Yeah, so, you know, it, it'll take some work, and you need a good grounding rod. Uh, get you, you know, self an eight-foot grounding rod. All the directions are on the side, and there's a lot of different help, and we'll have some links on the HPR site for... Uh, I, will, I will tell you that it is hard getting that grounding rod in, but it's even worse getting the grounding rod out. <laughs> yeah, we tried to use a floor jack to pull it out because our station, Zach, Zach is uh, moving, and we had to take down the t antenna here, so <laughs> we never did actually get it out of the ground. No, I think that's going to be under ownership of the new tenants. <laughs> Hopefully they pay mind to it when they mow the yard. The chopper stopper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, an eight-foot grounding rod sticking three inches above the surface of the ground for the mower. So. The mower loses. <laughs> so, okay, so that's enough about uh, antennas and stuff. So the next stage, once you get the hardware down, uh, that's when the real fun begins, and that's your, your, autom your station automation and the content. Um, the first thing we use for, for automating the station, sure, you can set up, 
Winamp and with a playlist, but that's not really dynamic enough. Um, if you want like weather and news and stuff to happen at specific times during the day, probably what you're going to end up with is a software package for Windows called Zara Radio. It's free. It's not open source, but it's free. Um, it's a very, very uh, dynamic piece of software. Um, and we, we did a number of different things with it, but uh, like, what, what, what kind of music did we use? Oh, we used a whole mix of stuff. We used Sid remixes, we used various techno, other free license songs. We used, um, uh, what, what, I, what I enjoyed and had fun with is a great deal of uh, original Esperanto music, and um, that's found various places on the internet, usually, usually from unsigned people that have no problem with you putting their music online or or on the air and to share with everybody else because as they figure it, it's free advertisement. Yep, yep. So, you know, I'm definitely a big fan of the Sid remixes, and I think uh, that there, there's a place called uh, RKO or remix.qued.org, and we used uh, most of their archives. So we had about six months of music without uh, repeats. <laughs> yeah. The the other good place for um, t to look online is Overclocked Remixes. Mm -hmm. They've got some good songs also. And, uh, a lot of NES songs and game remixes from NES yeah. and platforms. And I, and I do urge people, unless it's stated, don't don't play the guessing game. Actually email the the artist of the song. The little extra work really pays off because they'll, they'll more than likely be, sure, yeah, use my song, here's some more. And then they'll give you a lot more music than you could have ever asked for. And the uh, another thing uh, that I had a lot of fun with, um, as far as content, um, there's a little site out on the internet called GasBuddy.com, and the gist of it is, you go to the website, and as you drive your, on your way to work and on your way home from work, you see the gas prices at the all the gas stations as you pass. So you write them down, you log onto the website with a free account, and you update the site with the gas prices from around your town. And everybody does this, so you end up with a pretty reasonable listing of gas prices uh, uh, around town on this website. So I've got a, s a script that I wrote that downloads all this information and then performs a uh, text-to-speech on it. Now, of course, uh, they post the, the data as image files, so you have to do a little OCR there to get it into text, and then you can read it. So I had a pretty pretty robust script that would read, and it would r mix in different comments and stuff, so it wasn't just a static, same exact thing said every day. And uh, the next thing, of course, is reading uh, RSS feeds for Slashdot, uh, AP News, uh, Russia Today, <laughs> and whatever you want like that. So, uh, you know, you have your morning 8 a.m. news for people. You know, you got your tech news. You've got some, you know, more uh, less uh, tech-centric news with the AP World News and stuff. I also uh, ha would also do the uh, current events calendar for our city website. Uh, they had a eGov package, and they would put uh, uh, news and stuff. So it would just pull their their page and read the current news for that that week. You know the events on the the, the town calendar. Um, gosh, I think I even had some more stuff. I would do weather updates. I was reading uh, weather.com's news, although I th I'd rather switch to weather.gov uh, and get the uh, <clears throat> the data in a more stat better format. Um, the last thing that I was working on, I didn't have time to finish this before we, before we took the station down, was I found someone on a uh, IBM site um, had a, a couple of Perl scripts that would read uh, weather.gov uh, radar image maps, 
and it would actually was a couple Perl scripts that would read, you know, for a set of coordinates, you could tell if there was rain over a specific set of coordinates. And so I was going to use this as a if it, well, his scripts were set up to email you when you know weather was bad weather was approaching your location and when it was directly over and stuff. So I was going to turn this into an automated weatherman and have it reading, you know, the current weather situation for our one mile radius. <laughs> It is now raining in this one-mile area, although I think our users would have seen it at that moment. <laughs> yeah. But, but it, it was a cool feature nonetheless. So I, someday when we get the Ocho uh, back up on the air, we will uh, we'll have uh, weather updates as well. And uh, the last thing I was trying to do was tie it into the uh, emergency alert system. And there's a couple of different ways to do that. I, was, I, I wanted to tie in actually a weather radio and have it uh, be able to switch the the audio feed over when a storm, when there's an emergency situation for you know our locality. Uh, I may end up uh, probably it would be easier to get the information off the internet, and I'd started trying to find that. But but anyway, so so you know if there's a tornado, people would still find out about that even though they're listening to your little AM station rather than a big you know commercial outlet. And uh, so, you know, that's, that's a lot of the fun that, that, that we had was, you know, in the station automation and stuff. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's other things that you can do, such as, like, um, bumpers and tags for your show that you can really spend a lot of time and have a lot of fun with. I know that's what I had the most fun with was getting, uh, firing up Cool Edit Pro and uh, making just a whole slew of commercials, station identification tags, um, mm -hmm show promotional bumpers and just other weird things that they could be played on there really gives a personal touch to your station and uh you know you you can have a pretty professional persona uh with a pretty unprofessional setup mm -hmm. and i'll also go in uh, of course it's a lot more fun i think to actually make your own like bumpers and jingles and stuff however you can actually go and all the stuff that you hear on your local radio station all those uh voice actors can have websites and you can go and for 30 or 40 bucks you can buy your own tag and they'll do all the uh, soundscaping and everything and make it sound just like a professional station if you want you know if you want to buy you know two or three uh, of those commercials at 30 or 40 bucks a pop but it's a lot more fun I think to make your own if you can be creative you know so <laughs> um, I guess uh the next, the last thing I guess is is some of the lore of a you versus the man, the the man being the FCC. This is the point where you get your inverter, your AM transmitter, and your computer, and you ride around in your Jeep <laughs> and, and run away from the box trucks, all at two hundred milliwatt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, one hundred. Well, oh. yeah. You're, if you were going to be running from them, yeah, you'd be running over power. So yes. Milliwatts. About two hundred. <laughs> 100 milliwatts is the uh, legal limit for a uh, Part 15, but yeah, yeah. Once you hit that two-mile mark, all hell breaks loose, and you have little yellow trucks after you. <laughs> so, but realistically, um, the only time that the FCC is going to care about your rig is if someone complains. The FCC only responds to complaints. How, how do you get a complaint against you? Well, that is by either a running, oh, stomping on another channel, uh, another uh, frequency that someone's already, you know, got a, a station on, which is a bad idea anyway, because that's going to kill your range. Um, you want a station that a pre-selected, you know, frequency 
where there are no stations that you can pick up, or at least the the, <laughs> the frequency with the fewest stations that you can hear, because there's pretty much no completely empty frequencies anymore. Even though they're outside your range, there you can still hear you know that Spanish station in the background or something, you know. Yeah, we we've had experiences with that, although. We we had set up, and we're enjoying our frequency immensely, and then come to find out what, in Chicago or yeah. somewhere, we had a Radio Disney that sprouted up. And so we were constantly doing batty, battle with Mickey Mouse and his crew of thugs. <laughs> but I, I think that'll subside now with the move and finding a new place for the uh, radio station. Um, oh, what was the other thing I was going to bring up? So... Um, yeah, well, Zach thinks about that. Uh, you know, interference, that sucks. Your range is going to change uh, day to day. And another way that you get complaints is just having generally offensive stuff on your station. Mm -hmm. um, you got to remember, even though you're un underneath, you know, you're, 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 you're under the requirements for a permit for the FCC, you are not above the FCC guidelines and their code of decency and things like that. So you need to be sure... Uh, that you pre-select and that you pre-listen to stuff that you're just putting out over the air because uh, you don't need any soccer moms, you know, coming and finding their kids listen, you know, listening to something their little AM radio that they that they didn't want them to hear. Yeah, and it's like you know, if you're, you're you've got a station, you know, that's dedicated to overthrowing the government, uh, that'll get you uh, more attention than you want. If you're doing that, you don't you don't even care about being Part 15 legal anyway. So, so you might as well get a better transmitter. <laughs> yes. So um, again, uh, more other things to get you noticed. Uh, if you're you set your rig up on a uh, station that's already a frequency that's already got a main station there. Yeah. Well, the other thing is if you do that unintentionally. And that's where harmonics come into play. Harmonic is a multiple of your existing frequency. So what you're going to want to do is have a scanner available. And let's say you set up on, you know, like our channel was 1680 AM. That's uh, 1.68 megahertz. And you'd want to multiply that times 2. I don't know what that is offhand, but then you'd want to tune your scanner into that frequency and see, can I pick up my station there? And then multiply your base frequency times 3 and then tune your scanner into that channel and listen there. Can you hear your station on that frequency? And that's why that's where pirates really get themselves into trouble because they don't really know, understand or they don't know about what, what they're, they're... They're stomping on people outside of their, you know, the broadcast band. Like if you're doing a FM station and let's say you're, you know, you're 100 megahertz and you've got a harmonic at 200 megahertz, well, that's into the air band. That's actually above the air band, but um, that's uh, not a frequency that you want to be messing with, um, especially if you get into the, uh, you, you start bumping up against ham operators and you're getting into a ham band, they will track you down quickly <laughs> and with high prejudice. You know, the only thing that makes angry old men even angrier is not when all the food's gone at the buffet. It's when you're stomping all over their ham frequencies. Don't do it. Yeah, so, you know, harmonics, that's something to watch for. Get yourself a scanner, multiply your frequency by two, by three, by four, by five. Check up to the fifth harmonic, you know. Um, also, just tune around your existing channel, like, you know, 1680, tune down to 1670, 1650, and see how much splatter you're getting around the existing, uh, your main frequency, and see how far away you're getting that splatter. Um, if you're getting a little bit of splatter right next to the antenna, you know, where you can pick up your station up on, you know, uh, 
you know, several kilohertz down from where you're broadcasting. Eh, it's not too bad as long as you can't pick it up very far away. Um, you know, with a regular receiver, um, hopefully you'll be okay. And if it's a regular kit, you shouldn't have you know too much trouble if if, if you've got a proper operating transmitter kit. So, also another thing to get into is. Um, State state in a few bumpers here and there that you are a part fifteen radio station. Maybe don't go and you don't have to be doing this every five minutes or something. Maybe one or two times in the middle of the night and early in the morning, you know, state that you're a part fifteen radio station. Maybe even quote the section of the law that allows you to be there. Don't give people any reason to think that you are a pirate if you're just doing part fifteen stuff, and they'll pretty much leave you alone. Uh, you know the sound like professionality and the sound of your station also plays a key role because if you know joe blow down the road that just likes to call the feds just because you know here hears you on there and you know he he thinks that there's it's just a couple of kids making noise and this that and the other then then he can call and he could have somebody harass you but if it actually sounds like a legitimate station and that really has his stuff together it'll deter him from saying anything because it's probably not a fight that he wants to pick yeah, yeah, you know, and remember, you know, you're having fun, but it's cool to be a positive uh, contributor to your community also. Um, I know I really wanted to run a lot of uh, BinRev and other uh, podcasts and stuff, but quite frankly, that wasn't going to be possible. You know, a lot of F-bombs dropped and stuff, and that's fine. Uh, that's the time to censor it for part 15. Yes. <laughs> Shame on you, dirty birds. <laughs> so, you know... Um, that's that's some a lot of the considerations trying to be legitimate and being a you know a good station you know and all that. Uh, so so again you know the FCC they're only going to come after you if a there's some type of complaint against you and that means either a you've got content that is somehow offensive to someone or b you're you're on a frequency that uh, you're not supposed to be on or, or or the extra options you know if you're actually at even accidentally running uh, an antenna that's too too efficient which is a <laughs> basically either it's too high or it's uh too long or you're running too much output power but we're assuming you're trying to be uh, compliant with part 15 here so as long as you're within all those things you really shouldn't have any problems um, as far as legal repercussions and again the fcc um they're really if they do come knocking on your door it all depends on your demeanor, how they're going to react. If you're trying to be legitimate, they'll recognize that. Technically, they can claim your transmitter and everything it's attached to, which is your house, and they can be real heavy-handed. However, generally, reading a lot of the enforcements and stuff, as long as you're you're trying to be legitimate and you immediately reply to their letters and stuff, uh, I, you're probably you're not going to have any serious fines or repercussions. You know, you're attempting to be legitimate. You're attempting to fall within the guidelines. If they tell you to turn your your system off, you don't have a lot of choice with that at that point, but you can comply with that and then try to come up with another way to be compliant with the the rig and still go and be on the air you know so again it's as long as you're you're trying to work with them trying to be a positive influence that they'll will definitely recognize that i think and and play a part they'll play a part in how they respond if they there are complaints so um that's I think that pretty much is the gist of Part 15 broadcast and what you can do with the technology and the laws at hand. Yes. Um, I don't know. Uh, we might come up with some more to talk about next time. Uh, there are other let's other types of, of low power broadcasting. There, there's the reason why we we went with Part 15 AM is because that's really the only way to be legitimate 
and get enough distance to get more than just your house covered. Uh, part 15 FM, basically the uh, little trans your iPod transmitter to your car radio is about as powerful as you can get. Um, and that's just the way the law is broken out, and that's because they just really, you know, they don't want a lot of people being able to reach lots of other people without, you know, some type of licensing. <laughs> without some kind of governmental monitoring, they don't want you talking to anybody else. Yeah, yeah. The other thing, uh, television. That's the next uh, frontier. Technically, uh, if you're a ham radio operator, you can transmit uh, short, slow scan, which is basically a picture, single frame pictures, back and forth over some higher UHF frequencies that your TV can pick up. However, that is, again, that's a ham radio transmission that has to be part of a two-way conversation between two operators. It's not intended for broadcast. So, in other words, you have to be responding to someone's goatsy with your tub girl. Yes. And obviously, um, uh, technically, there's really no way to actually do low-power TV broadcasting the way you would think of like a regular TV station. Now, um, it's interesting uh, that there's, it's really not that hard, it looks like, to get on the air with a transmitter, just surfing eBay uh, TV transmitters, uh, broadcast transmitters and stuff. Um, if you've got a little bit of cash to splash around. Yeah. The, the, other, the other alternative, if you really want to try to dance around Part 15 rules and stuff, they do have UHF transmitters for, let's say, sharing, sharing a video source from one satellite box to another TV in your home. That would be a good place to start. It's basically just a little transmitter with a couple click buttons in the front to choose your station. You could possibly crack the top open and see what kind what could be done with the antenna setup, things like that. But then that's deviating from the part fifteen, the the part fifteen design of it. But yeah. it's still keeping it at that power. Yeah, yeah. So and again, like two point four gigahertz. That's why uh, Wi Fi lands, uh, wireless and. Uh, um, 2.4 gigahertz cordless phones. That's another band that's allowed to transmit at a uh, little bit higher power than other frequencies without a license. And so uh, that's why they've got the little, like Zach's talking about, the little AV transmitters. You can send vi audio and video with those, you know, and reach your local community with those. It's just they have to have a special receiver unit. Just the next 10 receiver, you know, to, to receive that. So, um,. Yeah, I think we've uh, we've nailed about everything uh, on uh, that we can think of to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about it. Uh, you'll you'll have to look for more episodes. Maybe if we decide to venture a little into video transmission, uh, we'll definitely have more episodes in regards to that. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, do you have any words for the wise goatsy? Don't let your meat spin. <laughs> so, all right. Um, I guess uh, I'm Dossman. I'm Zach. And we're the Packet Sniffers, and this is our, our first edition of Hacker Public Radio. And I guess we're signing off? Yes, have a good day, good night, and God bless. Don't get arrested. We'll leave you with some of our uh, bumpers for our uh, station, The Ocho. Every day at 8 a.m. and 12 noon, The Ocho presents the latest Slashdot headlines. World national news from the Associated Press. News from Russia Today and upcoming events for the city of Bloomington, only on 1680 AM. The Esperanto Music Hour, in the mornings, only on 1680 AM, The Ocho.
You're listening to the Sid Music Remix, only on 1680 AM, The Ocho. The people have spoken and they want their news. 1680 AM presents News, brought to you by RussiaToday.ru. You're listening to the AMU Ocho. 1680 AM, the Ocho. Monroe County's latest and Grace Park 15 music news and more station. Hello and welcome to the Gas Report for Sunday, January 6th, 2008, generated at 8pm. Only in 1680 AM, the Ocho. Is it bad when the room is standing still, but you are still spinning? Let's get started. Gas prices are subject to change, and are not guaranteed for accuracy. At Speedway located at 3585, West Staple 46 and North Smith, hike the prices, $3.09. At Speedway located at 3021 East 5th Street, and Kingston Drive South the prices, $3.12. At Speedway located at 2700 North Walnut Street, near Suburban Lane the prices, $3.12. At Sitco located at 530 South College Mall Road, and East 2nd Street, the price is $3.12. At Speedway located at 3939 West 5th Street, and South Curry Pike the price is, $3.17. At Shell located at 2658 East 5th Street, and South College Mall Road the price is, $3.18. At BP located at 7340 North Way Park Road, and State Road 37 the price is, $3.19. That is the gas report, for Sunday, January 6th, 2008. Tune of the hour on the hour. For the latest gas prices, from around town only in 1680 AM, Virtue. I would like to send shoutouts, to IndianaGasPrices.com, my homeboy Linus Torvalds, for my OS, Image Magic and Gossier, for my character recognition, and festival for my lovely voice. Silly Gas Buddy, OCL is for kids. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.